Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Great Lakes Horror Company podcast, brought to you by the members of the Horror Writers Association Ontario chapter, where we discuss the business of horror with a focus on the written word. Hi, my name's Bill Snyder. I'm the author of Separate and Succinct, Disparate and Distinct, host of After Rot, the podcast, and an HWA Ontario member. Tonight, we have Jasper Bark, author, wordsmith, spokesperson for Crystal Lake Publishing. How's it going, Jasper? It's very well. You missed out, idiot, as well. Ah, well, in our own ways, we all are, aren't we? Yeah, and part-time nudist. Actually, that's not true. Oh, I did not need to know about that, because I've seen pictures of your face. Ah, well, there you go. (laughs) Count yourself lucky you've only seen pictures of my face. I always count myself lucky, because being a zombie means I don't have to worry about a lot of things. Ah, well, this is true. Except, perhaps, for intestinal um, infestation. No, we just take those out and put in new ones. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's very easy. I'm going to say, I, I noticed that you uh, you, you do some uh, zombie uh, writing there. I do, I do. I contributed to um, Abaddon Books' uh, once very successful line, which was Tomes of the Dead, um, which came in right at the very um, beginning of the, of the latest zombie craze. Um, I uh, contributed a book called Way of the Barefoot Zombie uh, to them. Um, that was, it was a little bit of a cross between old school voodoo and kind of new school um, uh, undead um, in that um, voodoo was what powered these particular um, members of the undead. It's set on an imaginary island in the Caribbean, which is owned by um, a member of the super rich called Doc Papa. He's kind of almost like a Bond villain. And he runs a course for the aspiring super rich, um, which allows them to free their inner zombie and he, he does this um, for them because he has a captive colony of zombies on the island and a bit like swimming with sharks they get to interact with the zombies they get to live like the zombies they get to hunt like the zombies they get to kill like the zombies and, and in order for them to make a killing on the market they first have to make a real killing um, and they have to become one of remorseless and conscienceless in a killing machine just like a zombie and, and all this is going really well until the Zombie Liberation Front turn up and start to try and free um, the captive zombies, the noble uh, creatures as they, as they see them. Um, and then uh, things go from bad to worse to even worse than that. <laughs> I, was, I was giggling through most of your uh, discussion there, simply mm-hmm. because I then read the Zombie Liberation Front. It's like, oh man, I do that right in two. <laughs> Fantastic. Come on, Zombie Liberation Front, that's it. We're taking, I'm taking over the world. It's part of my plan. Well, that's what these guys want to do uh, in this particular novel. And the other one I wrote um, recently, last year, brought out a graphic novel uh, that I had been working on for some time and had gone through a whole series of publishers um, and several creative teams called Bloodfellas, with the tagline for which was, when there's no room left in hell, the dead will turn to crime. It's set in a place called Atros City, uh, which is a fictional um, southern U.S. town uh, at the just at times of prohibition. Um, and in this particular instance, uh, people have been bringing dead back to life, but they found a way to actually animate them and give them intelligence. And as they're um, set uh, uh, reanimated by, uh, once again, by voodoo in what used to be called little rings of zombies, these are not gangsters, but they're ringsters <laughs> or bloodfellas. Obviously, the play on Goodfellas and the whole mafioso type stuff. Yeah, so it's Very zombies, nice. gangsters, undead, voodoo. You basically can't go wrong with that premise. Well, how could you go wrong with something like that? Zombies with anything, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I did notice this other thing on your bio, a fistful of strontium. Is that a strontium dogs crossover? 
It is a strontium dog. It's a strontium dog novel. Um, and I began my career as a writer when I uh, shifted from being a, a film and music journalist. The first things successful professional sales I made were to the um, the British and the European comics market. And of course, the the major force in in British comics uh, is 2000 AD. And I was very lucky to get to do future shocks for them and to write um, some original series. And when they brought they uh, brought a range of novels based on their characters, I got to write about uh, what, as a child, was my favourite 2000 AD character, the mutant bounty hunter um, Johnny Alpha. Nice. Now, you notice, the, I don't know if you know or not, but there's a whole new series of Strontium Dog comics come out recently, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, for our American and our Canadian friends, what is the other mm, big character that is associated with 2000 AD series? Uh, the other big character... Well, there, there is Judge Dredd, of course. That one. Which everyone knows about. He is the law. Uh, he is the law. Even if he isn't a great movie star. Uh, well. And there, were, there, was, there was one rather poor movie with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and there was one kind of okay-ish movie. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. It was written by um, uh, Alex Garland, I think. Uh, amongst other things, and that, that uh, 2000 AD had more of a hand in that. John Wagner, who created the character with Pat Mills, had more of a hand in that. It was okay. Um, I enjoyed it. Mm. It wasn't. Again, I don't know if they entirely successfully uh, got Judge Dredd on the screen, but I wonder if that's possible. I uh, think mostly it was more of a hey, let's get our feet wet with it, and if it does really well, we'll keep it going, and if it only does little wells, like uh, well then we'll see where the market goes with it. I think it was, um, and it's a shame it didn't get more traction. I think it did quite well on um, uh, the kind of video mark, home video market. Yes, yeah, it did pretty but, good there. Yeah, it didn't do so great at the box office, which is a shame because it wasn't a bad film. I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought they did a really good job of it. It's like, oh, that last scene where she's dying, and ah, push. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, there was certainly a lot of yeah, a lot of gunfire as well, which is, <laughs> which is never a bad thing in a movie. Couple of bullets, yeah. Couple of yeah. bullets. Uh huh. Well, yeah, I think they had a. Uh, I think they had a uh, gun total shot for shot and whatever. Mm-hmm. But. I don't really think that's going to be too much of an interaction issue, is it? No, I shouldn't think so. Why is there a picture of you doing karate? Um, on my website? Yeah. Uh, that's just part of my bio when I when I was a very young boy. Um, oh. I did actually train in karate, and I got up to being a brown belt. Nice. Although I wasn't particularly lethal, I have to confess. <laughs> so no lethal weapon for you, no uh, that sort of thing? No, sadly not. All I can okay. really do is talk my way out of a fight. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, at least that's part. Mm-hmm. So, on to Crystal Lake Publishing. I understand they have a big honking nice new book coming out shortly, if not already, Gutted Beautiful Horror Stories. In fact, as it's Friday in the UK, which is the launch day, um, mine just appeared on <gasps> my Kindle right now, very excitedly. <gasps> just a few minutes before talking to you, um, I was quite excited to see that. Um Gutted is uh, the, probably the um, biggest project that Crystal Lake have involved themselves with. They, for the past three years, they have been at the forefront of independent uh, dark fiction publishing. Uh, they've brought out some of the most interesting, fascinating new authors, and increasingly they've been working with some of the, the biggest names in horror, 
Gutted contains, with the exception of Stephen King, the biggest names in horror and um, some, uh, most, in fact, of the most um, exciting writers uh, uh, in horror as well, up-and-coming writers, indie writers um, of all stripes. I say this, and I'm not in it myself. (laughs) Well, I I started reading. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I I noticed that just a few minutes before opening. It's like, wait a second, you're going through He's not in this book. Why not? Oh, okay. But I noticed a few other, a couple names. Ramsey Campbell, Clive Barker, Neil Gaiman. Do they get better than that, quite frankly? Oh, Um, I hope. Top, top names in horror. So I'm I'm tremendously excited. I haven't actually read it yet. Um, I didn't get an advanced copy. But with, with a table of contents like that it, it just looks amazing and the advanced reviews that i've read have been raving about it and it is one of those seminal anthologies it looks like it's going to be up there with um anthologies like al sarantonio's um, 999 which if you haven't read that <laughs> rectify that this minute and okay. of course kirby mccauley's dark forces probably the the dangerous um visions of, of horror fiction, possibly one of the single most important anthologies to be brought out in the um, late part of the 20th century. Um, here's hoping Gutted will join its place in that kind of stellar um, uh, lineup uh, because it certainly looks like an extremely exciting um, anthology. If, like me, you tend to um, buy two or three anthologies a year um, and are quite careful about what you seek out and what you buy, this should be one of those anthologies on your shopping list. It is pretty much invisible. Well, um, and you can guarantee that uh, that the World Horror um, Award, that the British Fantasy Award, and pretty much most awards within this sphere will have some of those stories on their shortlists. It's nice. guaranteed. So read them now before anyone else does, and then you could be that annoying smug hipster when the awards <laughs> roll out. Okay, no hipsters, okay? No, 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 no. <laughs> Everybody's cool. No hipsters. <clears throat> well, okay, everybody can be cool then. You can be that annoying, smug person who is always there before everybody else. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Trust your Uncle Jasper on this. Exactly. Okay. So all of the stories on here are new and original, or are there any of them reprints? To the best of my knowledge, they are all original stories. Um, so you won't have read them anywhere else. Um, I'm, I think that's the case also for the really biggest names like Barker and Gaiman. It's always an event when they give you a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not privy to that instant information, so if they are reprints, I do apologise, but the majority of the book is completely new. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, it's all new. That's uh, kind of what the impression I got from you. But mm-hmm. by the way, the cover, I love the cover. Isn't it beautiful? It's... Um, one of the, the great things about working with Crystal Lake is the attention to detail that they pay to every single step in the publishing process. And I, I've worked with um, really big mainstream companies and I've worked with very small um, uh, publishing companies. And I've never worked with a publisher that spends as much time, as much care, as much trouble on every single step of the process. They have a team of people to edit the work. They have a team of people to proof the work. They have a team of people to help do the layout and get it all absolutely perfect. And they are incredibly careful about the artists that they choose to do the covers and do the interior illustrations. So you know that um, at least uh, three or four people have sweated blood over every single step. That's why they look so good when you get them. 
either on your Kindle or even if you buy them um, uh, hard copies. Nice. That's actually, yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, anybody who deals with any publisher or whatever has to really understand that you're giving up your baby and somebody else is going to say, hey, I'm going to maturate your baby. And then hopefully at the same point it grows up and you both are happy. Yeah, um, usually that's that's been the case, but um, it, it kind of depends. Obviously, I, I've worked with some big publishers who've slapped all kinds of um, uh, covers on your work, and you go, "Oh, where did that come from?" <laughs> you know, or you read through the work and you see that um, even though obviously somebody's been paid to proof this, um, I've had people put the most ridiculous mistakes in my text in the past, and often you only come across that at the point where there's nothing you can do about it. So it's great to work with an outfit that where everything is so meticulously checked and you know that the finished product is going to be of incredibly high quality. You know that as a reader, uh, because obviously um, I read a lot of Crystal Lake's work, and you know it as a, a writer if you work with them. Excellent. Uh, now I was just trying to look through the list of uh, books that they're putting out, and it doesn't look like they put out a lot of books all the time, which to me is a good indication, because, I mean, if you try and put out like 500 books a year, where are you putting the emphasis on? Uh, you're not. The quality is going to fall. And um, uh, the last year or so, we've seen a very unfortunate falling away of a lot of the indie press, particularly a lot of the indie genre press. Mm -hmm. um, this is generally down to a, a, um, a variety where someone's ambition outstrips their business um, acumen. And one of the biggest mistakes um, that a lot of these publishers try to make is to dominate the market by putting out a hell of a lot of product. And it, it's, it's the best way to see your business fail because you can't put the type of resources necessary behind each individual product to really guarantee success in a very competitive marketplace. And um, frankly, you can't maintain the type of quality you need to win the trust of, of a very fickle readership. It's one of the things that Crystal Lake have got right. Time and again, um, I speak to um, readers and people who've picked up my work um, partly for my name, but increasingly because I, um, it's a bit like uh, record labels. There are some artists that you always follow, and there are some record labels where you'll give most of what they put out a chance just because the people running that label have got great taste. And you know that pretty much everything they put out will be good. Same with Crystal Lake Publishing. They, they publish a very broad range of dark fiction from, from extreme horror through to quiet horror and thrillers and suspense. But, you know, all of it is going to be of the highest quality. All of it is going to be a good time and a good read. And that's the way it should be because, I mean, if you're putting out – books nowadays are getting more and more expensive. You're putting out anywhere from, uh, I don't know, 5 to 50 bucks depending on what kind of book it is. got to expect, hey, I'm going to get something I like. Yeah, you you want um you want a, a a guarantee of quality. You want a, a, a you know a, a hallmark. Um, and yeah, Crystal Lake is one of the. Um, if I wasn't uh, as involved with them as I am, both as a publisher and, and uh, both as a writer rather, and as a spokesperson, um, I would still buy pretty much everything they put out because it's. it's <laughs> Now, as an indicator of some of the quality seal and everything, we have these things called the Stoker Awards. And yes. I understand recently that Crystal Lake, uh, two of their uh, authors, uh, walked away with a, an award this year. That was um, Mercedes Murdoch Yardley, which, uh, who is a brilliant author, and that was incredibly well-deserved. And Alessandro... Um, oh, gosh. Manzetti. Manzetti, it is Manzetti. I was so sorry for listening to Alessandro. Um, I had a sudden brain burp there. Um, 
Yes, uh, who his poetry um, uh, was absolutely excellent, and um, yeah, it was very stiff competition. But I think that both awards uh, in in those particular categories were very, very well deserved uh, because they're two incredibly talented writers. And, and with getting Stoker Awards on those two books, I mean, how does that rep- how does that represent through for Crystal Lake? I mean, that's obviously a good hey, look at this is a good signpost indicator saying quality. Absolutely, what well, it shows um, the people that have been. Um, uh, with Crystal Lake from the earliest, that uh, their, the faith that they put in the company was very well founded, and it um, helps to attract more readers. People going, ah, okay, this company. And also, um, I would also hope that when it comes to uh, nominations for future awards, uh, that people will also look to Crystal Lake as as uh, a company whose work should be on most ballots. Nice. Particularly the final cut and run to ground, which are up this year. And by um, who's the author for that now? Uh, names on the tip of my tongue. Mm. Oh, it's that Jasper Bark character. That cheeky feller. Yes, that dodgy individual. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. <laughs> so now I'm going to flip over to something else because this is an interesting topic for me, and that's uh, and I'm going to apologize if I mispronounce it, but Patreon, Patreon, however they pronounce that. I think it's pronounced Patreon. Patreon. Okay, yes, patrons, right, Patreon. Do, do we need to, for any readers, do you think there are anybody who needs uh, um, to be, ex- needs uh, what patron explaining to them, do you think? A um, little bit of a, a, a brief thingy-me-bob, throw it at it, might be yeah. uh, useful. Patreon is uh, the latest form of crowdfunding, uh, whereas Kickstarter and Indiegogo and GoFundMe tend to run individual campaigns that have a time limit on them where people try and raise as much money as possible for all kinds of creative and um, other ventures. Patreon um, is all about an ongoing micro-sponsorship. So, and in return for sponsoring your favourite YouTubers, your favourite podcasters, your favourite authors, your favourite comic artists and writers, and even um, uh, other creators, uh, artists and such like, um, you make a pledge um, that you will give a tiny amount of money every month or every, every time that particular creator creates something. And in return for this, you get an unprecedented access to the working processes, to the mind um, of that individual creator. So it's similar to, um, uh, say, a Kickstarter campaign, but it's ongoing. And because of this, you build a much deeper, much more personal relationship and you're allowed much more interaction with the people involved on any given project. Um, and it's um, so it, on the one hand, it's a bit like interacting uh, with people on social media. And it's also um, uh, giving them the ability to work on projects that are incredibly, they're incredibly passionate about and freeing them up from um, other, any other responsibilities. So Crystal Lake launched a Patreon campaign a couple of months ago and so far have been uh, pretty successful. And it's a very pretty page. Uh, it's a lot of good solid – I'm looking at it right now. It's a lot of good solid thought behind the way it's been put together. I mean it looks very professional, very cool, uh, very well done. I noticed one typo. Oops. Well, you'll have to let Joe know about that later on. Um, not my job. Not my <laughs> 
I just rambled in front of the camera. Uh, Unless it's basically just a format thing. I don't know. It's like that little thing there. I don't know. Uh, never mind. Yeah, tell Joe about it. Yeah, I'll uh, let him know. Uh, yes, and as you can see also, uh, in return for pledging, at whatever level you want to get involved, and you can get involved for a tiny amount, uh, like a, a single book you, you can lay down. Um, and this gives you uh, the actual um, rewards that they're offering in return for this are really quite excellent. And this goes all the way from uh, giving you early access uh, to Crystal Lake's work to giving you lots and lots of free books. And who doesn't like free books? All Seriously. the way up to yeah, yeah, all the way up to mentoring um, campaigns and one-on-one. Um, conversations, relationships, and help from all of the authors involved with Crystal Lake, which, as we've just established, uh, these days involves the very top names in horror. Yeah. So, but, so but, for a few bucks a month, you can get involved with uh, one of the most exciting new um, indie publishers, and you, you get direct, personal, exclusive access to some of the most interesting writers in the world today. How can you go wrong? Exactly. And I'm noticing that it's a cross-section of writers and uh, people. And I'm looking through the list of people who are associated with it. And it's like, I know that person's name. I know that person's name. I know that person's name. I know that one. I know that one. They're like from all over the place. They are. What, it's a wonderful thing uh, about being uh, part of the, um, the 21st century is uh, organizations like Crystal Lake are truly um, international. Um, as we were saying just before we went on air, uh, Joe runs this operation from South Africa. Uh, people who are involved in the organization in a variety of capacities come from Europe. They come from Australia. They come from the States. They come from Canada, where you are, and they come from the UK, where I am. I mean, um, so it's, um, it's a truly international organization, and it starts to represent horror not as kind of like a, a weird freak um, cult and not as a, an unfortunate um, interest to a lot of very antisocial people, but as a genuine community. Um, and that's one of the things that Crystal Lake does really, really well, is it, it has slowly but surely built a, an ever-growing community. Um, and it sits right at the centre of a lot of very fascinating, exciting initiatives. So it's like a very supportive family type thing. Totally. Um, and if you um, engage with them uh, at any degree, uh, whether you be a writer or whether you get involved um, it, it, on the back end, one of the people involved in the editorial, whether you simply get involved in the campaign or you just support and, and tweet them, there is a great sense of community. It's being in um, on the ground floor with something really quite exciting, some probably an organization that's going to do something kind of special. Like um, August Derleth's, um Arkham Books. Yeah, that's always a good part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or latter-day people like the the um, the wonderful Abyss line um, that Dell Books uh, used to put out. Ah, yes, I remember those. They were they were fun. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I'm I'm actually looking at the Patreon page. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, and I'm looking at this picture here from uh, StokerCon with all these lovely people here. And they look right. happy. They look extremely happy. Wouldn't you look happy? Well, I would, especially they're Mercedes, the, the, who's yeah. got, uh, got her little statue, and Alessandro, who's got his. And they're positively glowing, aren't they? Yes, indeed. Wait, there's a few other people in there with statues, too. What did they? Who were they? Um, I don't know, because I haven't got the page up. 
because I'm not online. Ah, uh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so you're you're also a member of the HWA, right? Uh, um, Crystal Lake is yes. Crystal Lake is a member of the HWA. Okay. So how how does how does that work for? Um, uh, the, con- the community side of things. I mean, the HWA is an organization that is also worldwide uh, helping horror authors in all sorts of spectrums of uh, activities. And being a part of that, how does that benefit? Well, it gives you access to um, so many great like-minded people. And the wonderful thing about communities of writers is uh, because we spend a lot of our time in isolation, in a little studies, um, typing over our keyboards, um, when we get together, when we make connections with other authors, uh, we want to talk. We want to talk shop. We want to swap tips. We want to um, compare working methods. Um, and that that's whether you're Jack Ketchum um, or Peter Straub, right down to people who have um, been writing slash fiction um, for tiny little websites. Uh, we all want to talk. We all want to swap notes. And being part of an organization like the, the Horror Writers Association, um, you don't just get that sense of community. You don't just get access and the ability to swap thoughts and ideas um, and concepts with hundreds of other writers. You also get a, a sense of mentoring, a sense of being involved, as you said, with an international organization and an opportunity to further the needs um, and strengthen the community ties within the whole horror community there to to um, to be part of agendas for raising the profile of horror authors and also to a great degree um, raising the public consciousness about it um, to campaign for the fact that that um, uh, well on the one hand there are some writers working in horror who are just purely about the blood guts entertainment and the thrill but at the other end there are people like Thomas Ligotti and Laird Barron who are writing and and um, uh, the author of Bird Box, who's, Josh, whose name's completely escaped me, who are writing um, genuine literature. And they should be taken seriously for that. And organisations like the Horror Writers Association um, help you be a part um, of the positive movements uh, which are elevating and uh, horror in everyone's mind and um, forging connections. You know what? You're a great guest to have on a podcast because I just throw something at you and you just go with it. It's like, that's awesome. That's That's awesome. Good to know. It's like, okay, you're like the third person in uh, like the last 12 uh, interviews I've done. It's like, yeah, yeah, I just throw it at you and you go, cool. I love it. That's good. I love it. That's Um, what I'm here for. That's why you're the spokesperson for a place like Crystal Lake. This is right. This is right. Joe is is a fabulous um, individual working behind the scenes, but uh, he's one of those very uh, gentle, self-effacing individuals who who's like a dynamo. He's like a machine. Uh, the, the amount he works and the love and the care and attention he puts into it, but he gets all shy when he wants him to to um, <laughs> come out from from behind his laptop and actually talk. You f- Which is where yeah, lazy big mouths like myself, you see, come in really handy. Do you find that about a lot of horror authors? Because I do. They, they're not always the best um, uh, advocates for them, their own work, are they? And it's amazing how they can be so eloquent on the page and so eloquent when you correspond with them. But then you stick a microphone in front of them and tell them this is being recorded, and then they become like, monosyllabic. By the way, that's one of my favorite words. 
Monosyllabic. Monosyllabic. It's a polysyllabic word for a word that means one syllable. It's great, isn't it? It's like the word dyslexic. How the hell do you spell <laughs> dyslexic? It's like, you know, you know what your problem is? You can't spell properly. And, and now, now you can't even spell the word that spells out your problem. You don't even have to anymore. You just start typing D-Y and it's like, okay, it'll, it'll auto-suggest it because how many words are spelled like that? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. The great advances of computer technology. Ooh, we don't have to think. We just have to plan. Yeah, but don't, don't you get, isn't there a slight part of you, because um, I learned to type on a portable typewriter, um, and uh, I, uh, same I, get, here. I get a bit annoyed, you know, sometimes when the machine's telling me, oh, that's not grammatically correct. I oh. think stuff off. There's a little stuff. tip, a little yeah. tip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know how it highlights, it says, hey, I don't like the way you spelt this, and then it wants oh, to autocorrect? Hit the up arrow key. Oh, right. I it just says switch ignore. Off. Yeah. Uh, I just switch off everything except the spelling, actually. And even then, I get slightly annoyed because uh, we Brits um, I have an ancient antiquated language and we have an ancient antiquated spelling, and it was rather messed with by Mr. Webster a couple of hundred years ago. <laughs> um, and, of course, all the companies putting out all the software are, are all uh, follow Mr. Webster, and mm-hmm. they kind of, they supposedly, you can set your spelling to um, English UK. But there are millions of words um, still where, you know, color does not... Uh, they say, oh, no, sorry, you've misspelled color, you've misspelled this. Color has a U in it. Color has a U in it. Yes. Synthesize does not have a Z in it. It has an S. Exactly. Um, and on and on and on, blah, 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 blah. But, um, but then again, on the other, on the other side, because I write um, uh, so much for the American market, um, it, it kind of helps. So um helps me spell correctly American, and I just sneer at it when I'm writing something for the British market. Excellent. Yeah, like you would know. <laughs> Excellent. So how do you spell, or sorry, how do you pronounce aluminium? Um, uh, we, well, uh, we don't say aluminium, we say aluminium. Exactly. We're, us here in Canada, we're on the same boat. Well, sorry, half the country is on the same boat, half is not. It's like, okay, you guys are not paying it right. So... Well, how, just wrapping up the show right now, how do we have people stalk you and stalk Crystal Lake? Well, um, uh, I'm about to launch my own Patreon campaign, which will be uh, just uh, type in Jasper Bark, uh, and that'll come up. I have a website, www.jasperbark.com. I'm on Facebook as Jasper Bark. I'm on Twitter as at Jasper Bark. Uh, LinkedIn as Jasper Bark. Um, and a variety of other places. I am on Pinterest and Instagram, though I'm not massively active there. Crystal Lake is active on all of those um, platforms, and so you can find them at Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Pinterest, uh, and also their website, crystallake.com. And their Patreon page, if you just type in, go to Patreon, type in Crystal Lake, you'll find their page there. Um, if you are checking out Crystal Lake, they've also got a page on Amazon, which is also worth looking at. I have an author's page on Amazon, Jasper Bark, worth checking out. I have four books currently out with um, Crystal Lake. So if you are going to Crystal Lake thinking, hmm, what's a good place to start? Definitely my books. Um, definitely well, my books. On so, the Crystal Lake website, they actually have your book as the latest release, Jasper Park, Run to Ground. That's right, yay! I've actually, just in a matter of weeks, um, I've brought out two books with them. Run to Ground is a rather nasty but silly (laughs) um, extreme folk horror novella. Um, And the final cut is a novel that just launched, which has been doing extremely well. Um, has been quite critically acclaimed so far. Fingers crossed that continues. 
Um, and that's a crime horror urban fantasy mashup. Awesome. Which also explores the reasons why people uh, read, write, make, and film horror fiction in general as well. Oh, I thought it was to get the girl. Well, there are others, other reasons. What? But you'll have to read the book to find out. Oh my gosh, other I reasons? Plumb, other reasons. I plumbed some serious depths, so it's, it's definitely worth sinking into those depths and investing in a copy of The Final Cut. And in fact, pretty much anything that Crystal Lake publishes. You're a spokesperson for Crystal Lake, I can tell. <laughs> really? Does it come across? It comes across I fairly clearly. I thought I was hiding it so well as well. Oh, well, you'll just have to work a little bit on that then. Ah, well, yes. Well, Jasper, thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's been a heck of a pleasure. It's been a huge pleasure for me as well. Great to chat. Everybody else there in podcast land and all those other places, wherever they might be, thanks for coming out. Come back, tune in regularly, semi-regularly, however often we put these things out. Join us on the Great Lakes Horror Company podcast. And just to keep the spikes rolling, the HWA Ontario chapter will be on the road this summer, and you can find us at the following events. The Rue Morgue Dark Carnival, July 9th and 10th at the Hamilton Convention Center in Hamilton, Ontario. Fan Expo from September 1st to the 4th, that is at the Metro Toronto Convention Center in Toronto. Word on the Street at Harborfront Center, Sunday, September 25th in Toronto. And Horrorama at the Hyatt Regency Hotel, October 15th and 16th in Toronto. Until next time, keep your creepy parts where they can do the most to scare. Have a good one.